Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome in to a brand new edition of the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast. Desmond Johnson, Sports Illustrated, Skylar Callahan, Panthers all-time leading rusher, Jonathan Stewart. In the house, it is a Panthers victory Monday. It's only the second one we've had so far this year, but it feels good. Feels damn good. Carolina Panthers, 21-3 winners over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this past Sunday. Uh, an interesting game we'll chop up for you guys. Uh, Skylar gave us an injury report coming out of that game as well. Uh, and we'll give you our uh, the things that we saw in this game that stood out to us, um, like we do every Monday as we give you the recap version uh, of Believe in Carolina Panthers. Believe in Carolina Panthers brought to you by Bet Online. And speaking of Bet Online, they are the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first to market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live and game betting, props, and futures. Head to Bet Online today to use your, or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE, B L E A V, to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. And where we start today, for those of uh, this is our uh, third year of the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast. And for those wondering, where is the theme song? The theme song that usually comes on at the beginning of each episode. I did not play it because I had not a chance to uh, correct it because at the very beginning of it, if you know, it's it's the announcer talking about Christian McCaffrey going off on a 60-yard run. Didn't want to play that again, so <laughs> we didn't have it for this week. I will have it for you guys uh, Thursday when we're in for the preview uh, against the Atlanta Falcons. The Carolina Panthers. The Carolina Panthers. Hold on. Before we, do, before we do that, mm-hmm. I feel like, I feel like the, the original theme song deserves a moment of silence. So I was gonna play like it's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday or something like that for it, but I, <laughs> all right, let me go. Let me go that because I mean I, I worked on that. We put it on. I've gone through. Tyrone Poole was the first co-host, uh, first defensive player ever chosen by the Carolina Panthers, um, and then last year Skyler came on board, and now this year Stu's come on board. We got to get a Stu run on that. Yeah, sure. I do actually. I, I might be what yeah, I end up doing. Let's let's make let's make it historic. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna put. I'm gonna that, put because that, that way I don't have to change it. Not getting traded, so yeah, yeah, because yeah, I, I yeah, it's trading me. <laughs> <laughs> I got released. Like that was my that was that was my concern. That was my concern because I was like, yo, I, I don't know who to put on here. Like, who would who would you put on the opening that's on this current roster that you feel confident would be there for <laughs> for a while? Because I don't know who that is. Is that what an amazing punt? A hecker. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's it. That's it. I'm a, Johnny Hecker's going to lead this thing off. Uh, have a freaking leg, though. <laughs> yeah, I love. Yeah. I, love oh, I can't think of the last time I loved the punter as much. But hey, it is what it is. We'll get that voice to men there for the not just for the theme song, but for our boy C Mac. You know, gave us five good years, great years, great years. Records. Love you, C Mac. Hey, Stu, your record's going to stay. I felt so happy for him. Uh, I watched the San Francisco yeah. game, and I had no idea they were going to throw him in there off of, what, a day? <laughs> a day of planning. Yeah. And they threw him in there and... Uh... To see you forever. 
breaking equipment. What's going up there? Oh, so, wow. It's oh. so hard <laughs> to say goodbye to my home. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, C-Mac, you a dog, and I man. can't wait to see you ball out with the Niners. Dude, that, just give him a week with Kyle yeah. Shanahan and that offense, and they're going to be just fine. Um, I know they lost yesterday, but they were playing a, a team on a whole different level right now, the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, I don't know what it is with Kansas City. When they see a top-ranked defense, they go and drop 40 on them for some reason. <laughs> like, it's it's just like watching them yeah. play. I'm just like, man, this is like watching Tecmo Bowl or something. Like, these dudes yeah, are Mahomes, all Mahomes is out there like, okay, we're going to score 20 in the first half and 20 yeah. in the next half. Yeah, um, <laughs> defense, do whatever you got to do. I don't know. But this is what we're going to do. Rush them, whatever. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to get our 40. We, you know, whatever they're going to do on the <laughs> other side, that's on y'all. But um, it's crazy, too, because I think him losing Tyree Kill has made the offense wider, like bigger. Like, he's not yeah. just focusing on Kelsey and Hill anymore. He's Juju was in the game yesterday. Uh, a couple of those receivers were getting after it, and um, yeah. they're just clicking on all cylinders. It's going to be Kansas City Buffalo, I think. Sounds like sounds a little familiar to the Panthers right now, right? Yep. You, yep. you have last week, and then this week. What is the difference? I don't know. Like quarterback play, you let the quarterback throw. I don't know, McAdoo. Uh, like you call a pretty good game. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know what? I, and you know, I've been hard on Ben all season, really. <laughs> really hadn't been a week where I haven't been not hard on uh, Ben McAdoo. But I got to say, I, I don't know if it was by design or necessity or desperation or whatever it may be. Uh, I liked the game plan yesterday. It's actually what we've all said we wanted for like the past month. You know, run heavy, let the defense make some plays, take some shots downfield when you have them. I'm going to – I'll start this whole thing off. Because I've been hard on this guy, too. Skyler knows before Stu came in for season three, I was clowning P.J. Walker. Like, I, I'll be the first to stand here and do it. I was clowning, dude. Like, dude, why are you here? <laughs> like, why are you here? Like, Because it's peanut like, butter jelly time, fool. <laughs> Man, he threw some ropes yesterday. I was yeah. like, oh, okay. Like, I was sitting there the whole time like, I know P.J. can throw the football. We've seen him throw it. Why are they not letting him throw it? And uh, yesterday – he, he got a couple. That one to Tommy Tremble in the corner of the end zone, like he hit him on a dime. I was like, oh, 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 that's, that's the best throw I've seen out of any quarterback we've had all year. Like, including in the back of the end zone, too, was pretty that deep. That toe tap with DJ yeah. in the back of the end zone, they had it going. Now, granted, how much of this, guys, was uh, Tampa? Because Tampa is not a good football team right now. Like, they are a shell of what they were two years ago when they were Super Bowl champs. Um, I'm, uh, I was wondering throughout that game, Tom Brady came back for this? <laughs> like, this is why he came back? Like, you just signed a $300 million contract for TV, and you decided to come back here, basically in your marriage, everything, for the love of football, <laughs> for this? <laughs> for this team? This Tampa team? Like, they married to I don't know. What, what, were you, what were y'all's expectations coming in this with Tampa? Because I thought they were better than what they showed. Well, um, you know what my expectations were. <laughs> my I mean, expectations last – Last week I was on the, I was I was on the verge of really sitting on the other side. We almost had Panthers of the Panthers yeah. losing this game. We, and something took and then something tickled my heart and said, "Nah, fella, it's gonna be a good day." <laughs> oh, whoa, yo, that reminds me, <laughs> Skyler was finally wrong. Skyler was wrong. You were wrong, Skyler. 
Like what? Skyler, <laughs> How did you feel? Actually, I think we bet. We didn't we bet that you were supposed to like do ten push ups on call or something like that. It was oh, no, I wasn't push, it wasn't nothing physical. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I already did my ten push ups. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't expect that. Uh, I did. I did pick the Panthers to win, and I think I said like seventeen ten or something. It was low scoring. Uh, it kind of went the way I was hoping it would go, but that was with the expectation. Hell, when we made the prediction, Christian McCaffrey was still on the team. <laughs> that was Thursday when we made those predictions. So um, yeah. let, let's just go around. Skyler, what was the biggest thing that stood out to you yesterday uh, in the Panthers' 21-3 to, to three victory at home over the Bucs? Um, it doesn't really have anything to do with the, the game itself, um, but just the the ability to overcome the adversity and, and all the chaos. Like, for this team to, to have its head coach fired, to have Robbie Anderson traded, to have Christian McCaffrey traded two to three days before the game, however you want to phrase that since it was late Thursday night, like that's a lot of stuff going on. And you start hearing all this stuff about, you know, the team's trying to tank and and all that, and they just put that to rest. Like they did not care. They said, the hell with that. We're going to go out here and overcome this and, and, and win this game, a game that nobody thought they would win. They were a 14-point underdog. and. Yep won the game with what was their fourth-string quarterback entering training camp. So, to me, it wasn't about anything that actually happened in the game, but just them as a team being able to, to rally and get over this. Like, that that shows me a lot. And it also shows me, too, that Steve Wilkes has this team bought in. Yeah. Like, they are ready to go to war for him. And I'm not saying that they weren't like that for Matt because I don't really know, but – to actually go out there and put it together on the field, that just shows me that. And then plus the locker room after the game, like it was a whole different vibe in there. Like it, guys were, were all happy and smiling and, and, and in a great mood. I don't know if you saw my video. Um, I was interviewing Bradley Bozeman. Yeah. And Shaq Thompson, he just comes in and steals the show, gives Bradley some love in the video. So that, that was a pretty cool thing to see. You know, Shaq step in there and give some love to the O line. So it, it's it's a whole different vibe and something we haven't seen there for a long, long time. Stu, what was the thing that uh, stood out to you the most watching that that game yesterday? Because it did feel more, it was more of a team victory than any other I could think of under the rule regime. I couldn't think of a standout victory, uh, but I think we'll look back and think of this victory as maybe that one that maybe put Wilkes in a position to actually succeed because I know all of us have been kind of worried that he's going to get um, in a situation where we couldn't fully see if he was the right guy for the job for head coach because of the roster. But uh, maybe that's not the case. What, what was the big takeaway you took from uh, the game yesterday? I mean, hands down, the running back stepped up. Um, the offensive line stepped up. Skyler, you mentioned it. Like this is a this was a game where if there was any like doubt, <laughs> the Panthers didn't have any doubt. They went into this game and the way they started it out, I mean, play calling wise, like out the rip, throwing it deep, like throwing passes, like yeah, like we heard what everyone was saying this week. We've heard all the, you know the the talk about, oh, what are they doing running the ball so much or why don't you throw the ball downfield? Like, what this really showed me is you have a coach that isn't afraid to change his game plan. 
isn't it afraid to go into a game, like into a division game and understand the opponent and you know like rise to the occasion this is what the players did and legitimately through the game plan you saw it like night and day difference from the week before um I'm not really sure if it was like a Christian McCaffrey thing or what and whatnot, and and just the reliance uh, on Christian last week as far as the offense going and and getting PJ comfortable or what. But this week, whatever they were preaching during practice, um, you know, they displayed like true like accountability. Um, and those are the things that you want to see out of a team that's gone through adversity, gone through hard things, because it's okay to go through hard things. It's okay to make mistakes just as long as you learn from them. And yesterday I felt like they said, hey, I don't care who they got on the other side of the field. I don't care who's hurt. I don't care who's healthy. This is what we're going to do. Foreman, Chuva Hubbard, them boys stepped up to the to the plate. All the, the, the pressure that they could have taken – into consideration as far as, oh, man, we got big shoes to fill here, Christian being gone. Like, that noise is out the window. And if you're a Panther fan, you, you got to be excited about that because, you know, that those are large shoes to fill. <laughs> yeah. And they did a pretty good – and they did a pretty good job yesterday. So kudos to, you know, the, the coaching staff for putting guys in positions to win a football game. And that's what you I agree. saw yesterday – Foreman, his like, I'm glad we like Scott Fitty, <laughs> Scott Fitterer, like Scott Fitty is what I call him. Round of applause to you, my brother, for going out and getting Foreman, because I ain't never seen like we. That's a different type of back. We haven't yep. had a, a guy that's just just he's a bruiser. Like like he's I don't you. think I don't think guys wanted to go and line up and be in his way. To be honest, like. When you have a change of pace back like that, and you have Hubert, who's also a hard runner, like these guys combined, man, run that rock. And PJ, he's got a great arm. He's got a good arm to to deliver the throws. We've seen that. Like I'm just really excited, you know, because right now what it looks like is we got eight more games until we win ten. So <laughs> I was wondering if you don't bring that up. I was wondering you know, everybody want to you know talk all this you know. Oh, they're a bad team. They're really bad. Like, yeah, they've been playing really bad. No doubt. You bring about up it. a really good point with the Christian thing because I think that is something that could be real. Like, when you have a player that is kind of carrying your offense and is almost your crutch, you're just going to lean on that crutch until you can't. And then when that crutch gets taken out from underneath you, you, you have no choice but to figure it out. Yeah. So yeah. I think that actually removing Christian McCaffrey as crazy as it seems, may be the best thing for this team to find success offensively. That's where I was going to go with my big takeaway from the game because it was about first quarter. The end of the first quarter, I was still kind of, you know, in my, my feelings because we didn't have McCaffrey anymore. And then I realized, I was like, you know what? We haven't had Christian McCaffrey in two years. Like, I'm watching the Panthers, you know, as I have the past two seasons without him. Like, let me just settle in and see what we do. And – uh the other thing, the offensive line played the best game they played all year. Um, yeah. Bradley Bozeman, I don't know if he was the the catalyst for that, 
but the run game took off exponentially when he started. Uh, once he yeah. came in that, when he became the starter at center for this week, I hope he stays there to, so we can see if this theory is accurate or not. Um, double trouble 2.0. That's what I thought of yeah. when I was watching this. Like, you know, Vito Vea. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, like, I'm like, okay, he's, he's up against Vea and he's handling, dude, like, tossing yeah. them off, all like garbage bags, like all over the place. Right. But I thought double trouble 2.0 because we have not had a running back tandem since Stu. And D'Angelo Williams, and they complemented yeah. each other's run style. Stu was the bruiser, and and D'Angelo was the scat back for the most part. We didn't really run it like that when 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 uh, C got here, and uh, we haven't really had that you know in the past couple of years. Yesterday, I thought was a, a a hint of maybe what they're looking to do going forward, and also I think it was the Panthers' shot to their fan base to be like, yo. We have talent on this roster. We're right. sick and tired of half of y'all telling us to write this off and tank this season so we can get the number one pick in a draft where there's no – is there a generational talent in this draft coming in? Like, is there a Peyton Manning or a a, a Cam Newton or someone that's just going to be the number one pick? Like, you know it going in? No. no. So, so why are we so stressed about having the number one overall pick? Like, why don't we win some games? <laughs> the they don't team? know what they're talking about. Exactly. I, it, just, it just gets me so fed up. I'm like – you're sitting there wishing for us to lose more. We just lost for the past two, three years. I'm tired of losing. I don't want to lose anymore. We got enough talent on this team to win football games. And this division is shaping up like 2014, where we won it with an under 500 record. We won it, you were on that team, Stu, yeah. seven, eight, and one. But to me, that team in 2014 was the catalyst for 2015. Like you guys got hot at the end of that year, won a playoff game, saw what you got going on. And it carried and then, right to the next year. And then free agent, and then free agency guys saw what we were doing towards the end of the year, and they're like, "Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I want to sign with y'all." <laughs> it grows. It grows. And that's and where it, you get, and that's where you get the savvy players in here, yeah. right? Like yes. the older guys, the veteran guys, the guys that are like, "Hey, man, I'm not as strong as I used to be, but this is how you do it, young buck." That's how you, you get know a peanut saying? Tillman in your secondary right. all of a sudden. It's, you know what I mean? Yeah, turnovers. Let's punch the ball out. Mm-hmm. Don't try to that's, don't you come. You ain't gonna knock a head's head off. You ain't, you ain't gotta knock a guy's head off to let, get the ball loose. <laughs> Go hit the ball out. <laughs> but that, that was my main thing. I mean, the Panthers. So they rushed for uh, looking at the box score here. Beautiful. The Panthers rushed twenty seven times for one hundred and seventy three yards uh, on the day. PJ had a decent game, one hundred seventy seven yards, eight yards per throw. He had two touchdowns, no interceptions. Pretty much stayed clean. Had a uh, a quarterback rating of one twenty six point five. So. He uh, was, to me, the epitome of game manager in that game, which is exactly what I wanted. I wanted a guy that wasn't going to turn the ball over. I could trust him to make some throws. They finally started sending guys out instead of (laughs) to the side. Uh, And I I talked to you about that all week. I was like, that was to sell Christian McCaffrey off. I feel like that story chart probably looks a little different this week than it did last week. Yeah, yeah. I I didn't even go looking for it this week because I knew he had been peppering it all around, but – Look, that it makes me a little frustrated that we kind of gave a game to the Rams, it feels like, so they could get something better. Because the McCaffrey deal, to my understanding, got sweeter after that game on Sunday where they saw McCaffrey doing what McCaffrey does, run, catch, whatever. Like, he was doing all of it in that game. And it almost like they abandoned everything else. But maybe in the end, they thought that would be best all around. And it is almost like addition by subtraction in a weird way, like you were saying, Skylar, because I do feel like, uh, Foreman in particular may have been thinking when he got here, well, how am I going to play with McCaffrey's healthy and where am I going to get snaps? And now it went from that to, oh, I'm going to play a lot. 
<laughs> I'm gonna get in roll because they ain't got nobody. It's me and it's Chuba, and that's it. Like, let's go, let's get to work. And they played like that uh, yesterday. Foreman had 118 yards on 15 carries. Chuba had 63 on nine. Uh, Foreman broke off a couple of big runs uh, that I can directly the offensive line. Yeah, he had a 60 yarder. Uh, the line was just smashing dudes. But that also makes me again. Where is this Tampa team? Because I, I was kind of surprised that Tampa looked like that. When we I just wanted to let y'all know. I told you what Tampa was really about in the beginning of the season. You did. Yeah, yeah you did. did. Like everybody was riding them, man. The off, the off, the off, off, off football, off the field stuff that Tampa and Tom got going on. It's gonna catch up, man. You had to miss some playoffs, didn't you? I think yeah, I got them missing the play. They ain't making the playoffs because yeah. we making the playoffs. The playoffs. <laughs> how they gonna make the play, Scott? How they gonna make the playoffs if we gonna make the playoffs? They can't score. Huh? They can't score. Right. Like they yeah, are not. In, ever since that Saints game that I saw them play. Like that oh, was yeah, that yeah, was yeah. that was a struggle buzz game that I seen. I'm trying to figure out how they beat Dallas week one because like Dallas has a good defense and I don't understand how they got past them that opening night. But they were sleep. Yeah, this trash. They look like trash. Like, and I know a lot of it was us. A lot of it was us. We did a lot yeah. of that to them. But some of it though, like that Mike Ed- Evans bobble that was a clear touchdown first quarter, that kind of set the tone for me. Like the whole rest of the game because it was like, yeah, you, know, you start shrugging your shoulders and. Shaking your head and you know doing this and all that, and then Brady starts getting frustrated. You can see it on him, and it just snowballs. And they can't run the football either. Like they they could not get past the line of scrimmage. It felt like a lot of times we were just there with three dudes, like waiting. Mm-hmm. As soon as the handoff happened, we knew where they were going. They were the worst rushing team in the NFL. We get to play them again. So the schedule that everyone was looking at earlier in the year and like, oh, you got to play Tampa twice. You got to play the Saints twice. You got to do all this. Good because <laughs> they're not. Good, bring them on. Yeah, like I feel like the division up right now. Like the division's horrible. <laughs> the divi- all right. up and down is just like who would you pick today? Excluding us, who would you pick today to be the, the number one contender in the NFC South? Nobody. Hey, <laughs> Nobody, baby. Because <laughs> I'm like, all of them have flaws. It feels like Atlanta wasn't even counting on this year, really. Uh, the yeah. Saints. I don't even know why they hired Dennis Allen. He had a, a horrible record as coach of the Raiders. The Saints are maybe the worst team in the division. I was I would probably I would maybe agree. And Tampa has a forty five year old quarterback that has no targets that he's that he's believing in right now. It, well, let me rephrase that. They have a forty five year old quarterback with no running game. That is a recipe for disaster. Like they're gonna mess around. And get I Tom think Brady. remember this. <laughs> remember we were talking last week about the offensive line not giving up any sacks, like no pressures mm-hmm. and all those types of things. Looking back at it, especially after this past weekend, it's really a credit to 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 Tom Brady. Tom Brady is all, the only reason why he doesn't get pressures because yep. he gets the ball out. <laughs> he did about like 49 he, times yesterday and only got sacked once. Right. And so, so you got to look at the, the running game. Usually a good offensive line, like they look at, you know, run blocking as, oh, yes, finally, we get the run block. <laughs> you can't <laughs> run block and you're not a good offensive line. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, well, so I think they're dead. I think yesterday seeing that, like them struggle in the run, the injuries that they're, that they got, you know, at that, at that position, I mean, that's where they're struggling. And, if you don't have a run game, it's going to be hard for your quarterback to really 
feel comfortable back there, you know, going through his progressions and seeing the guys down the field. The Panthers held Tampa to 46 yards on the ground on 16 carries, a 2.9 average. Uh, the longest they had was uh, Rashad White had an 11-yard carry on the day. Um, yeah. Just just could not do anything on the ground. Uh, Brian Burns got the sack on Tom, and even then, uh, it was a coverage sack, really. Like, he, he had to get to him. He almost got away from him at first, and then Burns caught him. But uh, I did find the uh, video. I wanted to show it. as a, I'm going to take down the um, the graphic here. I wanted to show it because uh, it kind of caught me off guard when I watched it the first time, how emotional the locker room felt. Like It felt like the locker room was so happy for Coach Wilkes. Even owner David Tepper was down there to give him a game ball. Yes. And it felt like even Tepper was just like, Yes, that, you know that would that that yeah. Please show this because this yeah. actually like I kind of felt like chills because it kind of yeah. reminded me of what the locker rooms used to feel like after wins. And kudos to those guys, man, because you got a coach and Coach Wilkes that is about to really bring the necessary like like involvement um, of of the culture of winning. Like that's the culture. That's the environment that you want after games, man. And um that's a exciting thing to see, especially Tepper down there. Um, you know, getting excited for these guys. It's gotta be such a confidence builder. So this is uh if you haven't seen it yet, this is courtesy of CarolinaPanthers.com. This is inside the locker room yesterday, right after the win uh versus Tampa. I couldn't be more proud of a group of men than I am in this group right here. You can continue to overcome adversity. Circle the wagons and come, come together. together. That's, That's what, what it's all about. about. We, we talked last night about what? Make the, the jump. Make, Make the, the jump. We, we made that jump today. It's a lot, lot to build on. Okay? We, we talked talk about right now control the control of the scrimmage. All right? We, we wasn't going to miss a beat. beat. 173 yards. Yeah. What is going on here? No, sorry, it's on YouTube. <laughs> I don't know what came in after that. Shout out to YouTube. Man, listen. No, I don't. <laughs> like the 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 guys going up to hug Coach Wilkes 
Like, that's what football's about, man. Talk to me about that. Because you've been in those locker rooms as a player like, for those like, kind of wins. Like, you really going – like, you you showed up to work today playing for something. Like, that's what I was talking about. Like, you playing for God's family. You playing for their kids. Like, you know their kids. You know their story. You know what they're going home to. Like, these guys look like they are coming together. Like, the fact you break that down on family – on a on a high note, absolutely, it's easy to be hype and all that stuff. But like the emotion that you see in that video with those players, Coach Wilkes, Tepper, like, come on, man, it like that's what football's about, you know. And, and like, I, I I just really hope that they they continue to just ride this wave, um, and that people are taking notice because these players are buying in to coach Wilkes. That's what that video has shown me. And it's such a nostalgic feeling because that's what these games should be feeling like in that locker room post game. It reminded me, it's not exactly the same situation, but it was a situation where I mean, at this point I already knew the team had bought into uh, coach Rivera. Um, it was the halftime of the Pittsburgh game. And if you watch the, uh, in 2018, and if you watch the Amazon All or Nothing documentary, you get to see back, you know, in the locker room, them doing all this stuff. And at that point, Rivera wasn't really known. We we knew, but Rivera to the public wasn't really known as being like a foul mouth, you know, kind of guy. This dude played on the 85 Bears, man. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he, came, yeah. he basically came in and was just like dropping F-bombs, like, don't let these effers blah, 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 you punch him in the mouth. Like, he he gave a football speech. Like, he right. made me want to go play football when he was done. Run through a wall, man. Yeah, and that's what it reminded me of. that. And you saying, you know, Wilkes had the best, like, pregame speeches. And, like, I think a lot of that's because it's from the heart. It's emotional. Yeah, like, man. Circle the wagon. What's circling the wagon about? It's right? us. It's all it's us. us. <laughs> it's us in this room. That's it. Like, like everyone it. has counted us out. Half our fan base ain't even here. Right. Let's go out here and let's go try, make Tom Brady wish that he had just stayed retired, yeah. <laughs> like just stayed home. And, and, boy, and they two for twelve on third down. Boy, that's, that's usually us. Yes, <laughs> that's, that's the Panthers yeah, stat. Usually. Three on fourth down too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did, you know what? Another thing too to come out of this week of uh, all the trade talk and everything else. Something else that I kind of thought watching that game on Sunday, it felt like the defense had a little extra juice to it. And it felt like they did because some of the key cogs of that defense were told that they're going to be stalwarts of this team going forward. Like they are the yeah. cornerstones, you know, and yeah, they played like yeah. they played Derek Brown, like Brian yeah. Burns, uh, Jeremy uh, Chin. I'll throw Frankie Lubu in there, you know, like yeah. those guys, they're, they're going to be the ones that this team is going to get built on going forward. And they're not that far off. We've always said that they're not that far off. I'm not saying they're a, Super Bowl contender in like a year with a couple players or whatever, but they're not like bottom of the barrel picking number one overall bad either. Like it's kind of like the Hornets, Skyler. All I got to say is we'll be talking about the Panthers in in the playoffs. That's all I got to say. Hey, the way the NFC is right now, is that really that far-fetched with 10 games to go? (laughs) I mean, I don't think it's that far-fetched at all. Uh, Let me – Let's do this because I want to look at the Panthers. I don't like looking too far ahead, but I just want to look at the next month just to see if they can kind of get to tread and water based off of what they got coming in front of them. Of course, you got to treat every every team the same. But when we looked at the schedule at the beginning of the year, I think we're all kind of looking at it differently now. 
the slate of games over the next four weeks at Falcons, at Bengals, home versus the Falcons, at Ravens. Um, all of those teams have flaws. The Ravens can't score in the fourth quarter. The Falcons are the Falcons. Joe Burrow is playing great, but he still didn't have an offensive line. So, I mean, wait, wait, wait a minute. Hold on. This November 10th game versus the Falcons, it says 8.15 p.m. Do they flex us to a night game? That's a Thursday night. Oh, it's Thursday night game. I didn't, thought, I didn't think we had any. Um, crap. That means I got to. That means you got to go back into your. Uh... <laughs> I just ordered something on Amazon and had to reactivate my Prime. And uh, we usually keep it off unless it's like something we want to watch. And we've been real careful about it in the house because we'll forget to turn off Amazon Prime. And right. then like all of a sudden we'll get that ding. I'm like, oh, man, I ain't even used Amazon. And I got to pay them $20 or whatever. I might have to keep it on because. Yeah. Yeah, I gotta watch the game. Um, you gotta watch it. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Shout out to Amazon Prime. <laughs> I titled this episode the one. Uh, what did I thought the one with the PJ Love or whatever I called it on here before. Um, and a lot of that was because of how I treated PJ uh, and others. Um, don't get yeah. me wrong. I'm not saying he's everybody like, needs oh, to apologize to PJ. We do. We do need apologize. He played very well for what they asked him to do yesterday. Yeah. And that's really all I've ever wanted them to do was exactly what you did yesterday. Um, Manage the game. You made the don't throws. Lose. Yeah. Hit me with yeah. a couple of dimes here and there because I know you can do it. And uh, let let your skill players do the rest. If Baker Mayfield had played like this, he'd been fine. If Sam yeah. Darnold had played like this, he'd been fine. But they, it's almost like they – I don't know if it was them or the coordinators trying to make them do more than what they could do. Or or what? But maybe McAdoo had to be with a player where he had to be restrained at first, and then open up the playbook instead of just throwing the whole playbook at a player and then trying yeah. to restrict it. You know, after the fact. So the two games didn't have nearly that much time to really learn everything. PJ's been here the whole time, so yeah, like, yeah, that, that could too. have a factor too. Yeah, we about this too. Now, but I was just looking at the schedule. The two games that I'm looking at ahead. Because I'm allowed to, because I don't play football anymore. That's right. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> is the Seahawks? Oh, you went way ahead. Wait, hold yeah. on. Let me pause. The Seahawks uh, and the Ravens are the two games that I can sit here and tell you, boy. Seahawks. Uh, it, go, it, it, it might not go our way. You know what I'm saying? Seahawks are um, interesting, man. Geno Smith is. I don't know is, what to do with him. He, he's he, being if he's being efficient. Mm-hmm. The Seattle uh, team is interesting. That Seattle team is interesting. Um, you got Ravens. If you look at December, like Christmas time, you got the Steelers and the Lions. I think back to back weeks. Yep. The yeah. way those two teams have played, those are very winnable games. Yeah. And if you got if you if you could sweep Atlanta, I mean that's that's a big ask. But if you can, Huge. that that's potentially four wins. And then you end the year with at Bucks at, at Saints. Um. I'm just looking on the schedule. I'm like, are there any games on this schedule where I'm like, ooh, that's going to be a problem? And I don't really see one where we won't be at least competitive. Cincinnati, I think, is a tough one. Yeah. Being on the road I, against I, that I, offense, I don't think you can match scores with them. But I told you how I feel about Cincinnati, like the franchise, the city. Like, I, When does Jeremy Chin get off of uh, Iowa? Next week. So, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> See, it's come. It, it, Carolina feels everything like everything's coming together, dog. Out. Yeah, like, they're the ones. I think. I think, I think right now, we like I said last week. We went. 
we got the injuries out the way. <laughs> so I've been looking at it. Hey, just stack these stack these wins however you can. And then when it's time to go, <laughs> make sure you're on time to the airport. Because the airport now, everyone's is watching this. And, yeah. and thinking that, like me and, and Des were thinking that Stu was crazy two weeks ago. Yeah. Now, yeah, man. things change, so man. Yeah, man. Things Listen, change man. in the NFL. Like I, and I should have known better because we've had seasons here, like where we might have got off on a real slow start. What was uh, that? What, what was the year that the whole NFC South was like terrible? It was beginning. 20, 2014. It was 2014. Yeah. yeah. It's when Atlanta was hot, though. Mm-hmm. Atlanta was hot. They like won like five, six games in a row. Yeah, they were like six like and zero starting out, and then they fell and then apart. they just went and just went twenty eight and three on the season. <laughs> yeah, they really did. <laughs> the Saints were like kind of right there for a little bit too. We we were like at one point in that season, I want to say we were like three eight and one or something like at the start of December. Ripped off like five wins or something. Yeah, and, and like got in seven eight and one because at the towards the really towards the middle towards the end of Rivera's. Uh, tenure here, he kind of got known for the, the riverboat run stuff and getting hot at the end of the year. Like those teams would get yeah. hot and go on streaks. Um, and uh, that team did that. And uh, actually, if I'm not mistaken, that playoff game that you guys played Arizona, yep. and I want to say the defense holds the record for fewest yards allowed in a playoff game in that yeah. game. Uh, yeah. It gets covered a lot because it was a seven, eight, one team. I'm like, I don't care. They won the division. I don't care if they won five games. Like, did they win yeah. the division or not? <laughs> you know, like I, I wanted to ask you this: Do you see similarities in Wilkes and Rivera? Yes. Um, and mainly from the standpoint of R- R- Ron was not a micromanager. The guys that he had. The cards that were he that he was dealt, the guys that he brought in, he trusted those guys. But he made it known for those guys that hey, my coach, trust me. <laughs> hey, Coach mm-hmm. Rivera, trust me to do my job. Oh, what does that do? It frees me up mentally. It frees me up like like spiritually. Like you going to work. You know, spirit levels is like, oh man, I get I get to go to work today. You know what I'm saying? Like that's the the attitude. Like, and you get to go protect your house. You get to go protect the end zone. You get to play with your family. You know what I'm saying? Like you get to play for the guy next to you. And like, you know, not taking these things for granted because Coach Rivera was a player. He understood right. what it was like. You know what I'm saying? Coach Wilkes played the game. You know what I'm saying? Like he understands what it's like to, you know, to like to actually play football, and like and actually be in a on a be be a player at some level of experience and be a player in a locker room and what that guy is looking for as a player. I need I need a a coach to con- that's gonna like connect the dots for me. Because I'm just a guy. I'm good at football, but I don't know how to connect with my teammate. <laughs> or I don't know how to connect with the overall picture. I don't see the the the, the light of the – I don't see the end of the tunnel. You know what I'm saying? Help me visualize that. And that's one of the things that Coach Rivera was good at. He was a good messenger to young men that are on the rise of becoming men. And he was a great messenger not only to – you know, the players, but the coaches. 
and then the public and then the organization like hey organization we need you like you know paying homage to you know the chefs like hey make hey at the end of the meetings hey make sure you go and and say thank you to the chefs you know for serving the you food things. the yeah. little things man like so I definitely know Coach Wilkes is that type of guy because he talks about those types of those same things, um, and, and and really dials in on the little things. I don't and think Kirk could have been a better person to really step into this situation. Than absolutely, absolutely, because yeah. it couldn't yeah. just be anybody. It had to, to me, it had to be somebody who understood Panthers culture, not just football yeah. culture, but what it is in that building. And at that point, when you look on the staff, Rule it cleared out pretty much everybody. And then the offseason was kind of forced to bring in guys with with pro experience. And Wilkes was one of those guys that when they came in, I was like, oh, yeah, if this yeah. falls apart. Yeah, Replacement. we got Wilkes. Yeah, we got Wilkes. <laughs> oh, let's do this. So um, for me, I was super uh, happy he got put on. I agree that Wilkes and Rivera have some similarities that I can see. They're both kind of no nonsense, tell it to you straight type guys. Um they, they make you want to play for them, but they make you – it feels like they make you want to excel. Like they right. want they, – they, you want you want them to be proud of you. So you right. want to play message you You can. don't want to disappoint your coach. Right. And I don't know if that vibe was the same with Matt Rule. You know what I mean? Although it sounds like all the players had no problem with him. Everybody seemed cool with him. But it almost felt like a college coach type of relationship to me from the outside in where – Maybe and maybe it was. Maybe Rule was treating these guys kind of like a college program and tried to run it that way, and it just didn't work. And that's fine. We've said that before. It's fine. You know, Nick Saban tried the same thing. Didn't work out for him. I think he did okay for himself <laughs> after it was all said and done. Maybe uh, maybe Stu could probably speak to this more than I can because obviously I didn't play in the NFL. But um, like I feel like Rivera and Wilkes are the type of guys that when you show up to the building every day for practice or lifting or, or meetings or anything. Like you don't just show up dreading the day. Like you, you, you're excited to show up for work because of those two guys and and their yeah. focus and their leadership. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think, like there's some guys in the NFL that may be head coaches and you and that is your coach and you show up and you're like, man, we got to go through this today, we got to do that today. But I feel like Wilkes and Rivera are two guys that like you are excited to show up to work every day. Yeah, I feel like, you know. There's going to be there's definitely a lot of days with anything that you're just like dreading the experience of whatever you're doing. Right. Especially if it's repetitive. Right. Um, But what you know about these guys is they see you. They understand you. They know it's hard. They know it's tough. But they're right there with you. And so and, and like even I remember one time like we were practicing in the rain. Coach Rivera out loud says, you think I want to be out here in this rain? <laughs> but like, like little stuff like that, right? Like, I don't want rain running down. I don't want rain running down the back of my neck, but we got to, but we got to be out here because it might rain this weekend. And you want to know what game that was? That was the tsunami game. Oh, where they had like a, uh, oh man. The Jaguars game. The Jaguars. Jaguars. Yes. Where so it was like we were, rivers pouring down the stairwell. Yeah, and like so, we had a practice during that week, and it was like kind of slippery outside, raining. We're like, man, why are we out here? And like you can tell, he knew our vibe was, why are we out here? 
And so he had to make it known that, hey, I see you. I understand it. But we got to be here. It's not like a guy that's like, hey, man, you got to toughen up or like real men go through the rain. Nah, buddy. (laughs) This ain't this is for the birds, but we got to be out here. (laughs) So when you. Was that your Matt Rule impression? I don't know. It's just anyone. Like, like <laughs> if you had added that, Friday Night Lights, at the end of the day, if you had added that at the end of it, it would have been Varsity Blues pissed. coach. Um, but uh, but no, like that's kind of like you when you're around people that understand you and they get you, you'll go to bat for that guy because you know they're going to bat for you, and I think that's what you feel in that locker room is. You know, you got guys on the same playing field, and I'm here because you're here, and, and I need you shots. here. Guys are getting yeah. shots now, too. Terrence Marshall Jr. was out there making catches. Yonta mm-hmm. uh, finally got some snaps and made the most of it. We still yeah. haven't seen, like, uh, LaVishka Chenault still injured, so he hasn't been back in this mix yet. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's just there's a lot of different stuff going on that we've been hoping would blossom that we started seeing the seeds of yesterday, maybe, and I'm hoping they carry that over. I think I'm pretty sure, Skyler, you might be able to confirm this. I'm pretty sure Wilkes said that PJ will be the starter uh, versus Atlanta on Sunday, correct? Yeah. As of right now, yeah. I'm cool with that. I'm yeah, I'm cool with it too. He hasn't given me a reason to be like, get him out this game right now. <laughs> like, get him out right now. Like, and I don't want to see a revert to Baker or Sam. Uh, I kind of feel bad for Baker because he kind of got put in a spot where. It, it more often than not, it wasn't going to end great for him because of the situation above him. And now I'm wondering, are they going to put him back on the field? Because if I'm not mistaken, some of his contract has to do with the percentage of snaps he actually takes. So maybe, and I think it has to do with a draft pick. If I'm not mistaken. Is that, isn't that right, Skylar? Like if he does certain number of snaps, so the, the pick becomes something else. It's a, if I remember correctly, it's been so damn long now, um, yeah. but I think it was a conditional pick. So yeah, it's a certain amount of, I believe I'll have to look it up. I'll I'll, I'll know for the next. Well, something like a fifth or something like that. If he played like, yeah, less than seventy percent of the snaps or something to that effect, which technically they could do. Um, it's funny. Uh, it made me remember the great train robbery, the Dallas Cowboy Jimmy Johnson uh, thing, where he traded off Herschel Walker and got back all these picks from Minnesota. But the thing that he did was basically put in there: if that player didn't make the team this pick becomes a first round pick pretty much. And Minnesota's like, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. And, it's and uh, he just had no intention of keeping any of those players. <laughs> so he just literally cut them all. And then he had like six first round picks. And that's how the early nineties Dallas Cowboy dynasty basically wow. got built off of that because of the way he did that trade. And they call it the great train robbery. Um, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a fifth round pick that converts to a fourth. If he plays 70%. Boom. There it is. Go for it. Let's get it. Uh, PJ. Stop! Don't throw turnover or interceptions. Don't fumble it. Keep doing what you're doing. We'll keep Baker over here. Heal your foot. Do your thing. Just that fourth round pick. The the uh, before we get out of here, the fans that are out here clamoring for losses for Carolina, we are going to rod y'all the whole year if y'all keep doing this. This is your one. Oh, we we yeah. are coming after y'all. Don't show <laughs> up. Don't don't show up in January. That's all yeah, don't I be, say. Don't be all on the bandwagon when we're playing a divisional playoff game or something <laughs> against uh against. Dallas or somebody or Seattle, yeah, and Geno Smith in January. Don't be all like I knew it all the time. PJ, you could have saved the day a long time ago. No, I've been watching all of y'all. I'm keeping receipts. Yeah. 
Y'all like, better apo- y'all got y'all got to the end of the day to apologize. Pledge your allegiance to, to the man. Hey, listen, <laughs> Pepperness, you got to the end of the day to apologize to PJ Walker. Peanut butter jelly. Yeah. Peanut butter jelly time. Peanut butter jelly time. Man. Um, because if you don't, we'll know who you are the rest of the season when uh, we ride now. We're gonna okay. crown y'all. Like I'm gonna make a list <laughs> and put it like in PDF form. We're gonna put it on the screen. But these are the ones that said all the bad things about yeah. Panthers and PJ and Tepper. It's gonna move the team and all this other stuff. Yeah. We're good to apologize. go. If you yeah, said apologize. it, apologize. <laughs> it's Victory Monday. Enjoy the rest of your Monday. Uh, we haven't had a lot of these. <sighs> Skylar, how many Victory Mondays have we had since you came on? Like seven? Seven? Yeah. <laughs> like total? So, like, yeah. <laughs> so, just enjoy right. this one. Um, Thursday, we'll be back with a preview episode, Panthers versus Atlanta. Uh, tell them, are you mad? Thursday. Uh, I don't think Denver plays Thursday night football this week, so or Monday night. Did they? They're on a bye, I think. Maybe we'll be talking about that because <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what they did this week. No, they played Thursday night. They played this past Thursday, so it, it, I don't think Denver will be in there. But you never know, so we'll we'll find out for sure on Thursday. Um, we'll right. get you all more. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it'll be early afternoon Thursday, uh, which with a new one there. I didn't even mention it uh, when we did it the other day. But last week we crossed our 100th episode. I completely didn't realize it until after I started putting it back in. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So just shout out to all the fans that have found us over the past three years, the ones that continue to find us. Uh, I think Skylar mentioned somebody came up to him at dinner and mentioned they saw the podcast. I was in a Papa John's earlier in the week, and the managers were talking about how they started watching the podcast. Uh, it's starting to grow a little bit. So uh, we appreciate everybody that's finding us, uh, sharing it with other Panther fans. Uh, we appreciate all of that. So definitely subscribe, rate us. We know, we know you took advantage of that fifty uh, percent off from the double double the Hornets. I was like, hey, why don't you hook me up on that uh <laughs> that epic stuff crest real quick since you like the podcast? Um, we'll we'll be back Thursday. I think one o'clock is what we got it set for. So you can catch us there. Uh, for Skylar Callahan and Jonathan Stewart, I'm Desmond Johnson. You've been watching and listening to the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Keep pounding. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.